Welcome to the Moms of Triathlon podcast. I'm Amy Henderson, working mom of two and pro triathlete. And I'm Allie Wilson, stay-at-home mom of one and former college swimmer turned triathlete. Join us as we discuss everything from training during pregnancy and postpartum to learning how to navigate the world of sport and parenthood. So Amy, what's been going on with you this week? Well, this week we're we're getting into the taper. Started the taper um, after a couple big workouts this weekend, um, which is always exciting. I love like those last big workouts. You know, when you know it's like getting close. Race. Yeah, good. the race is getting there. Yeah, <laughs> before like yeah, <laughs> once you enter taper, it's like I don't know. There's a little bit of that like I don't know doom and gloom like walking to like slowly approaching <laughs> i don't know the just scary like, moment just nerves yeah yeah just yeah. nerves especially it's been a couple of years since you've raced it all yeah and i definitely keep thinking of like what are all the things that i haven't done and you know if i were doing everything perfectly like i don't know and every day i feel like i think of something new um, but you know, the last, the last big workouts, um, weren't totally perfect. So, you know, of course the night before, like the last big brick, which was going to be, let's see, a three hour ride with two, one hour intervals at race pace. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Followed by 45 minutes like slightly faster than race pace uh, of a run. And, but the night before, like, I don't know, just like stuff was hectic at the house and stuff happened. And so I ended up staying up pretty late and oh, I did not, I just was not in the emotional place and mental place where I like wanted to really do the workout, but it's like, you know, That's it's tough. the last one, like you got to get yeah. it in. And so I got out there I got through the first interval and then, you know, the second interval, like that's when it started raining on me. Oh no. <laughs> and it's like, you know, when you start like doing the mental gymnastics, you're like, okay, if I just finish. So, you know, we like to do our TTs at a place, Savi's Island. Mm -hmm. And one loop is like, it's like 12, 12 miles. Yeah. It's like 13. Yeah. 12 miles. Exactly. So, you know, basically I had to do like two loops for the hour about, and so, you know, start the second one. I'm like, okay, as long as I get through this one loop, like, that'll be good. And I'll be happy with that. And then I got through the loop and I was like, okay, now, like, I'm going to just do, I'll, I'll do a little, I'll do an out and back. Like, you know, there's a way that you can, instead of going around the loop, you can go up like a little out and back. And so I was like, yeah. I'll do that. So it's slightly different. So then I was doing the last out and back. And when I made the turn, the U-turn, my pedal broke basically like the back part loosened which actually happens with this one like just over time it gets loose so now i'm like okay and these are my power meter pedals so i'm like and need to use them for the race um and this has happened before and i can you know screw it in but i need to i keep thinking of like my pre-race checklist like make sure all you have things. like everything charged make sure that you tighten up like all the screws that are important like anyway um so that's I think I got 45 minutes out of the last interval and it was also below the goal power. 
But I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to be not let it get into my head and know that, um, you know, not every workout goes perfectly. And, you know, this is this is where you really get into like, you got to just trust the training and, and trust where you're at. And, you know, in the end, on the day, you do the yeah. best that you can. And a couple um, of bad workouts don't de- define your entire like race or season. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, but my run training has been great. So it's like, no matter what, at least, you know, I should be able to finish with a really strong, strong run. I Good. hope. Yeah. Good. So you have some confidence there at least. And you've been swimming occasionally. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't even get me started on that. Cause today on my run, you know, I was listening to a podcast, um, and they were talking about open water swimming. And I started thinking like, yeah, when's the last time, you know, I swam in the open water and I was reading the rate, the race, uh, you know, the athlete guide for mm-hmm. the race. And I don't think that you're allowed to swim in the water before race day, Oh, you okay. know, which like yeah, I would have done on Saturday. Yeah. And I also don't think given that it's like a river and you're sort of maybe jumping off a dock, I'm not sure you even get to warm up in the water. That's tough. So I'm starting to remember past triathlons when I was like a kid and like, (laughs) well, there was this one, I was a kid and I was doing a relay with my mom and my little brother and I got the swim because, you know, I had done the one year of high school swimming and it was probably Uh like after that point. And, but this was a swim, I don't know if it was in Lake Michigan, but it was in a cold lake and I was like the only one without a wetsuit and I'm this like small high school girl just like in this water (laughs) and so it wasn't even so much that i like panicked but my lungs totally you know yeah that's a that's definitely a thing like you there's like a physical reaction to cold water i don't i've read about it somewhere where like you i think it's like your nose or something is like if there's like some i don't know there's some book i read about this woman who did cold water swimming and it was something like as soon as your like cold water hits like your nose I think I could be completely wrong. Sure. <laughs> um, but like, basically, you're you just kind of like, freeze. almost. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, you just like get that cold shock feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in this race, I was like, just breaststroking, like trying to <laughs> get through it, you know, trying to like, calm my body down. Um, anyway, so I guess I guess it can't be as bad as that. <laughs> um, and I <laughs> You know, I I'm already know that. It just can't be as bad as that. <laughs> I mean, I already know I'm probably going to be, you know, very, very likely the last pro out of the water. Um, so whatever. It's just, right. yeah, just race my own race. And, you know, it's all about diving back in and the experience. And I'll get more open water practice as, as summer goes. You know, I am only a mile from a good open water swimming spot here once it gets warm enough yeah i am counting down the days until it is warm enough to swim in the river because i miss it a lot (laughs) yeah so that'll be fun um but yeah then you know another news this week um well margo turned nine months so we hit the nine months in nine months out (laughs) oh my gosh that's so exciting yeah and which means because her and Ollie are four days difference in their birthday, that means Ollie hit two and three quarters. 
Um, and so I've been trying to teach him how to say two and three quarters, and he'll say things three. like I can't believe it. three and two quarters, <laughs> three and four quarters. <laughs> like, I think he said it correctly like one time, but of course he doesn't understand probably the uh, concept of fractions and what what it even means. <laughs> yeah, I was um, gonna say I'm like picturing you could get out like actually you could get out like two one dollar bills and four quarters and be like. This is a year. This is a year. This, you know, teach him yeah. fractions at two and three quarters because it'll really nail it in. He'll remember all that for, for later <laughs> in life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, just excited. I can't believe that, you know, there's only three months and we'll be selling, celebrating double birthdays. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I can't believe, I mean, Margo's going to be one. Beth just turned one. I can't believe Ollie's almost three. Like, and everybody says it goes fast. It definitely does. Yeah. 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 But what's been going on with you? Um, well, I was given the okay to start running again. And so um, down the familiar path of the return to run plan, I started a little bit like I didn't start with the super, super short intervals. So I started with five, five, one. So five minute run, one minute walk just to kind of see how things are. Cause it hasn't been that long since I yeah. was last running and like, so, you know, feeling like I can start a little bit of a, a longer run pace. And so we're going to jump that up pretty quickly. Um, but it was really nice. I did my first run back on Wednesday and like the sun was shining. It was ah. just really, really nice to get outside. And so now I'm kind of trying to figure out like now that I'm back, you know, onto a full like ability to like do all the training I want to do. Um, other than the intensity on the run, I'm trying to kind of just almost like write my own weekly schedule and figure out the best way to like fit everything in. And I've been doing a couple of pre 5am workouts just because Uh. like, it's so early, but honestly, I realize if I can get my workout in and be done with it before Beth wakes up Mm. or before Nick wakes up, then that means that later in the day, I've got all day. And, yeah. you know, I now that she's down to one nap a day, which we're targeting around two hours, today was 45 minutes. So <laughs> really glad I got my workout in this morning. Um, but it just kind of gives me time to, like, do stuff around the house that I actually need to do um, yeah. and not just do every nap time as a workout. Yeah. I can. I mean, I know some people can do evening workouts. I am not one of those people. <laughs> I am yeah. definitely like dinner is done, she's in bed, and it is time to sit on the couch. Yeah, that's so. what's so hard too. I mean, if you've had dinner, it's yeah. Like I could do evening workouts more so before kids and you know family. Where I don't know, I I I've, I did a lot of evening workouts like that. Yeah, I remember talking about MO. that before, <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And there's a girl that I know that, um, or just I should say, a follow on Instagram. I've talked to her a couple times, but she posted something. It was like 7:30, and it was like a picture of her bike. And it was like, I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> yeah, like, that's yes, the problem. 7:30 at night. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like. 4.15 a.m. alarm clock and eat breakfast and like this morning I got like a 30 minute strength workout in and then made it to the pool for like a swim and got home and Beth had just woken up like 30 minutes earlier so oh, kind of so nice satisfying. nice way to start the day yeah yeah so how did the run feel though could you feel like it the was knee? 
It was good. No, my knee actually felt fine. Um, I mean, even right before it got hurt, like I did that 10 mile run at race pace and I had no problems, but it was later that night. Like everything just got super pissed off. Yeah. And so, um, that's what was weird is there's nothing like happened. And so that's kind of like, we still don't necessarily know what exactly is going on, but it's mainly seems to be pointing towards like, some hamstring issues that are like pulling on tendons and like maybe causing some like tracking issues. And so there, like there was no tears. That was the biggest concern. Um, but yeah, so we're just kind of making sure that like everything is stable and yeah, you know, yeah. But I mean, it felt pretty good other than just unfamiliar and I had Beth with me. And so it was just kind of like, it was just awkward and like uncomfortable in that, you know, yeah, it was just really unfamiliar. I haven't run in six weeks. Yeah. And then throw a stroller on it. And right. yeah. And so, but it was really good. Um, other than that, like my run fitness is <laughs> not so great. So by like my th- third and fourth and fifth repeats of my little five minute <laughs> runs, I was like, this is kind of, kind of like harder than it should be. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm jogging for 15 minutes. And <laughs> I'm really tired. It's so crazy. So, so yeah. How does that? Yeah. I know. And, but it's also been a good week, been a good couple of weeks. I'm finally biking consistently enough. I have been for the last like month now or so that I'm getting some of my bike fitness back. And, um, same thing with swimming. Honestly, I had swam once in February, once in March, and that's like really unusual for me. Yeah. And I was just putting so much focus on marathon training that yeah. I really like everything else kind of fell to the wayside. And so now I'm like back to square one on biking, back to square mm-hmm. one on swimming. But I'm finally feeling pretty good in the pool again. And um, like this morning, I felt like I put together like a really good set where I'm getting a little bit more of my endurance built back up. So now I'm going to add back in a little bit more of the like strength and speed into my swim workouts. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we can kind of build from there. So so yeah, yeah, other than that, um, we had a couple of dry afternoons and I took Beth to the playground, which was really nice. Um, but I have a question. I don't know if you <laughs> have any input on this. So playground etiquette. Like I have a one-year-old who is, we're starting to go to playgrounds in the last like month or so because she's walking and she can climb up little, you know, structures yeah. a little bit. But like, cool. I don't like playground etiquette. Like I don't know. How do you learn this stuff? Like, well, what do you mean by etiquette? Do you mean like, do you talk to other moms or like, how do you, is Beth allowed to interact with the other kids or? Well, a little bit, but that's the thing is like, how much do you let your kid interact with other kids? And obviously we've got COVID is still, you know, know. something in in the front of mind. And so I don't necessarily, you know, I'm not going to let her go up and like lick other children, which I'm sure (laughs) she would try. Um, but like we were at the playground the other day and, um, there was this one like little kid slide cause there's the big kid slides. And then like the ones that are like three feet tall. And this one kid was on the slide and he was like going up it and down it and up, down, up, down. Mm-hmm, and his mm-hmm, mom mm-hmm. was at the bottom of the slide and what appeared to be grandparents were standing kind of next to the ladder. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, obviously there weren't a lot of other kids around and so they're there and they're like taking over the whole slide and like Beth like wants to go play on the slide. And so the kid kind of did a pause at the bottom and so like Beth and I walked over and I'm like, can we sneak a, sneak a run in here? Like, can we have a turn? And like, I don't know, I don't know 
it was me that just felt awkward doing yeah. that. You know, if it had been me and my kid had been all over the slide, I would be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, come right. take a turn. But it was oh, just what this, did they say? I mean, they didn't really say anything. Yeah. So I was just like, oh, sorry, can uh, we share? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've heard a story about, I think on a podcast, right? A kid who was... I don't know, like a parent whose kid was like in the swing, maybe the only swing or, you Mm -hmm. know, no swings were available. And there was someone like in the swing, basically just like giving their kid their snacks in the swing. And the the kid wasn't even swinging. They were just sitting like basically using it as a chair and just in it for a really long time. And like, oh, yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I remember like after we started going to the playground, like just yeah i felt really anxious like i would feel really anxious when i would go and like oh should i be talking to the other parents like you know just normal social anxiety too and like coming home and searching for like how do you make friends at the playground (laughs) like and like you say i mean the covid thing really added a layer on top of it of like it's hard to talk to people who you don't already know or it's sort of weird or uncomfortable and then also, I haven't socialized in, like, a year yeah. or two, so it's I'm not good at it either. Yeah. I mean, in Beth hasn't really played with kids. Like, she's played with my cousin's kid, and um, obviously, we came over to your house, like, what, last week, and, and so Beth and Ollie could play, but it was still, like, I remember at one point, you made a comment. You're like, well, I don't want my kid to upset your kid. <laughs> it's because you're my friend, and, like, I don't... You know, so, like, you know, it's just, I guess, as new parents, like, learning all these things, like, does it get yeah. easier? Do we figure out <laughs> how to do this? I know. So, oh, and man. part of it is, like, part of it is, in some ways, maybe it gets easier because you have practice. But in some ways, it definitely gets harder because your kid gets older. When your kid is the youngest and smallest, like, mm, at least then, sense. yeah, they're not really hurting anyone else yeah by accident or intentionally or anything like that but once they get older i can just imagine because you know i don't know we're sort of getting to that point with ollie right where sometimes i mean especially with his little sister right he's not always happy with her yeah so yeah anyway i don't really have answers for you but we should go to playgrounds together and and practice together we definitely should (laughs) and we can break down the uh the scenarios and and what happens (laughs) (laughs) okay well this were to happen yeah so today we're going to be talking about a big pregnancy announcement in the triathlon world and our own pregnancy announcements and we're also going to talk about our whys why we do triathlon what motivates us and drives us especially because it is not always easy fitting it in while being a parent Okay, so Allie, for our first topic this week, you a few days ago sent me a big uh, announcement that you saw on social media. Yeah, uh, Gwen Jorgensen announced that she is pregnant with baby number two. That's Super exciting. exciting. Yeah, <laughs> she, I don't think she posted a due date. Um, and I can't remember oh, yeah. exactly. In her old. video, I think she said she was maybe 18 weeks. Okay. So she's, yeah. 
And then, oh, she said October. Yeah, they said it could be a Halloween baby if they're 13 days late. <laughs> okay. So there you oh go. 13 days late sounds terrible. <laughs> I know. And apparently that's what they were with Stanley. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then Stanley's, how old is he now? Like, I think he's going to be maybe five. five okay. Because he was About born... then, because they said something about a five-year gap. Okay. That makes sense. Um, yeah. And she got yeah, pregnant right after olympics in 2016 yeah so he would have been born in either 17 or 18 yeah in 2017 so, yeah okay that's yeah. that's awesome yeah um but it's always cool you know we've got a couple of um pregnant uh pro athletes out there and it's always really cool to follow their journeys and stuff we've kind of talked about just that a little bit but yeah, yeah it's always so fun to hear about any new triathlete who's pregnant and especially when it's Gwen Dorgensen, uh, you know, for me, like, I'm from Wisconsin. She's from Wisconsin. Uh, my mom's always been a huge fan of Gwen's because Gwen was also a CPA, certified public accountant before triathlon. And that's what oh, my mom did. Right. <laughs> and and then, of course, we also have the connection with Gwen where, she, well, I mean, her and I both went to the same college, University of Wisconsin, go Badgers. And then Gwen moved to Portland, like, the same time that I did. Um, you know, it was right around when, I mean, she was, I know she was running in Forest Park when she was pregnant with Stanley. So uh, we basically moved here the same year. And, you know, unfortunately, she's left and I think she moved, moved to Colorado, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, super excited. And, you know, one of the things like that I love about it is the, that she's showing that it's like okay to take breaks from sport and still come back and have big aspirations. You know, I know like, I don't know, a few years ago they talked about maybe we're going to consider adopting for next baby because, I you know, it's a lot. Tell me about that. Yeah. yeah, it's like a lot on the mom's body and if the mom is trying to be uh you know is like a very top level athlete that's a hard thing um but then in the in their youtube video announcement she was saying like that her coach you know she has a new running coach and she's still going for like the next olympics which are in two years but that her coach was super supportive and sort of encouraging of of them doing it now and i think that's super cool to see and it's just like um, you know, Alephine, who won the Olympic trials for the last, um, you know, the Tokyo Olympics, and then because they were delayed, like, got pregnant. But she got pregnant in between and then, like, had the baby before the Olympics between oh the gosh. Olympic trials. Yeah, I uh, I love on here. She makes a really good point um, to read directly off of her post. She says, as an athlete, family planning is really complicated. Childbearing years and professional years coincide, and both are very demanding on your body in very different ways. And it's really true. I mean, you know, one of the things you and I have talked about is, like, timing these pregnancies, like, within a season. Or um, I remember you were kind of talking about being on the fence about getting pregnant with a second one when you did. And, you know, you wanted to wait a little bit longer to try to race. But then with COVID, it was like, well, I, like, let's just do this now. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit older. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm what, 30, 34, 33. Uh -huh. I'll be 34 this year. I can't remember. But, you know, I didn't want to wait too long before we started having kids. And so it's just like timing for everything. It's like as much as I would love to just take all my time and train and race, like, you know, 
figuring out how to make all of it happen and prioritize these things. Yeah, for sure. And for me, it was super encouraging that after I had Ollie, I'm really glad that I at least took the time to get up back to, you know, really good fitness because I did get in, you know, my best biking and running shape of my life that following, you know, year with after my, you know, after giving birth to him. And so I think that was like super encouraging and definitely made me feel better going into pregnancy number two, knowing like, yeah, I was able to get back and, um, you know, be the best I've been. So I uh, can't complain about that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. And I would say, um, obviously, other than the, the hiccup of getting injured, like up until about a few weeks ago, I was in the best running shape I've ever been in. Yeah. And yeah. it's just kind of, you know, it is a really good reminder that like, your body can recover. It is meant to recover from these things. Yeah. And and that's what, you know, year and a half? Like, it's really like a blip. And I mean, especially I'm an age group, you know, amateur athlete. And so I don't really have as big of like goals and aspirations as you do athletically. But for me, I have to remember like, that sport is always going to like, it's sport for life, basically. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll always kind of maintain some type of whether it's like master swimming or you know casual running like I just enjoy having fitness as a part of my life and so you know maybe someday I'll qualify for Kona and like the 50 to 70 range like we'll see I've got big goals if Kona just, is even still a thing <laughs> I, know, I just don't have a timeline oh, on God. them because I know I gotta come back to them <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and yeah, the other, you know, big thing um, on Gwen's post that she talks about was the, the whole culture around waiting to share. Um, yeah. Yeah. What did you guys do in terms of announcing your pregnancy? Um, we, I, um, I personally, I was really anxious about it. Um, I think for some reason, I had in my mind that we were going to have a hard time getting pregnant and that we were going to have um, just, I just, I don't know why I'd convinced myself that there was going to be some kind of issues and we had no issues getting pregnant. We got pregnant on like the second month of trying. So that was awesome. And you were like, you were the second person to know <laughs> after my husband at probably <laughs> two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I know I, I went and told him and before finding out, I'd kind of had these visions of like having cute ways of telling him like people do fun <laughs> right. little, you know, partner announcements. And yeah. no, it was like, I, I do think it was actually like three or four in the morning. And it was the day I was supposed to start my period and I was going on a long ride that day. And I was like, whatever, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take this test. And it was positive. <laughs> like, Go in the bedroom. I don't think I turned all the lights on, but I, he was like dead asleep. And I'm like, Nick, mm-hmm. Nick. And he's like, mm-hmm. what? I'm like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think I immediately turned around and took a picture of it and sent it to you. Uh. Yeah, um, which but I'm sure that, I saw, like, feeding Ollie in the morning, you know, first morning <laughs> feeding. Yeah, just like, oh my gosh, yeah, so you were the second person to know after him. Um, but then we really didn't um, tell people right away. Um, I told my coach just because, I think I told her a couple days later, because it was going to be like, hey, you know, potential shift in, in the next few months um, training and moving forward. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But what we did is we actually had cookies made for um, my parents and Nick's parents. And they Mm -hmm. were just like, 
um, the same woman who did our wedding cake. And it was cookies that we had done like onesies. It said like baby Wilson and like a calendar with the date circled. And we just kind of like showed up at my parents' house for dinner and we were like, mm-hmm. hey, we brought dessert. And then actually this was COVID. So we were all sitting outside at the time. So it was like oh, early yeah. COVID. Early. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, we brought cookies. And um, so I set them on the table and my mom's like, oh, cool. And I'm like, did you look at them? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were like, they had to do a double take. And so it was fun, but that was it. Um, I think we told them like the next week. So at five weeks and then. Okay. Nick's parents the following week. Um, but then we did end up having um, issues. And I think I mentioned it um, earlier. We had what's called a subcoronic hemorrhage. They found that at seven, seven weeks. And so just for me, all of a sudden, like, you know, all oh, the things I was yeah. worried about. And so at that point, that really kind of encouraged me to, like, hold off on telling everybody. So we told close friends pretty early on. Didn't even tell my siblings for, like, a while after that. But we did our, like big announcement I guess we did a a post on social media on Halloween 18 weeks on the day Mm -hmm. and we did a little um a pumpkin (laughs) with a little pumpkin on the inside so I did like a carved pumpkin in the shape of a heart with a small pumpkin with a pink bow and I did a little sign that said trick-or-treat our family's growing by two feet so and then baby girl Wilson coming in spring of 2021 and uh yeah so that was that was ours um what about yours so fun yeah, for, yeah, very similar in terms of finding out myself, you know, it was like early morning before going to a bike workout, got the positive test, went in to tell Nick, was like crying, of course, and Nick's like, what's wrong? You know, very confused <laughs> coming out of his sleep. Um, and yeah, so that was exciting. And then it was sort of wild because, you know, I had a work trip that I was leaving for that day, which is why I even took the test that morning. Cause I was like, I don't want to wait till I'm back. And I don't want to find out when I'm not with Nick. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so I, um, but you know, so luckily I knew. So then of course, oh my gosh, I go to the airport and I'm like, what, can I eat anything? Like, is it, am I going <laughs> to oh get gosh. sick if I eat this airport salad? Like I was so <laughs> no. anxious about what I could eat. Um, anyway, there's a lot of stories about that trip I could yeah. tell, but I, my, it, it was a work trip that happened to be to Chicago and, you know, I'm from Milwaukee and so it's a couple hours away. And so my parents were going to be in Chicago that weekend and we met up. And so I got to tell them like right away in person, which was, you know, really special and exciting. Um, and then, yeah, definitely coach was one of the first people who knew, <laughs> Um, and you know, I definitely, I told friends pretty early and then again, I mean, so this was around, you know, like this was early December and so then we went home to my home to Wisconsin for Christmas and because that we're so rarely in person with my family, it was like, I wanted to tell people in person. So I told people really early on. Um, and I wasn't like the, my first, you know, before we'd had a first ultrasound or anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And it was my first pregnancy. So I just like, wasn't anxious about it at all. And, you know, I mean a little bit, but I mean, I told extended family, I told (laughs) all my siblings, like, so everyone, you know, close in my life knew. Um, but then, yeah, in terms of social media that we waited, I don't know, probably a pretty long time just because it was also like just not a priority to like share it 
you know, super early. So it was just whenever yeah. we got to it. And what we did for our social media announcement was we did a Strava map. So we got on our bikes and we spelt out the word baby on uh, Strava by riding I the roads that. Yeah. to spell it out. And, and then we said like, you know, next like new race plans or something, <laughs> um, you know, August, uh, you know, 2019, whatever. Um, and yeah, so spelt out baby on Strava. And so then for baby number two, we did, I think we wrote, uh, I think we wrote baby number two <laughs> on did the map. You? Yep. Oh, I don't know if I saw that one. Yeah. I think, yeah. well, I guess I knew pretty early with Margo. With Ollie, I think I knew before you did your main announcement, just because we'd had a conversation and it, you were like, oh, like, you know, by the way. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, you you definitely would have, yeah, would have known early then. Yeah, and then with Margo, I mean, we knew. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm sure you knew the day that I knew. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, you man. also knew all the months that... We're not, you know, yeah. we're not positive tests, which is really hard. Um, um, but it was good to have that support. There's kind of a funny story um, that when we got pregnant with Beth, we used that box of ovulation sticks. And <laughs> I remember you were talking to me about those and you were like, well, I had some other one. I'm like, well, whatever. Like, you know, I was, what, a few months pregnant at that point? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm not using these. You can have these. So you used that box and ended up getting pregnant the next month so like the lucky box of sticks (laughs) the box of ovulation sticks that was not like the super cheap ones Yeah. (laughs) yeah um and i swear like i've heard that other people do the same thing, you know, share their it's box. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah it's like once... the sisterhood of the traveling pants. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the traveling ovulation sticks. I mean, like once, yeah. you know, once you're pregnant and once you're you know, done, yeah. You're, here you go. I need this at least Reduce, for a little while. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Well, let's move on to our second topic for the day, which is our whys. And, you know, part of the reason I am thinking about it this way, like our whys is the local triathlon organization that puts on all our local tries here in Portland, most of them, um, is why racing. And at the races, you know, they'll put up little signs like, what's your why? And um, so (laughs) that phrase is like in in my mind from that for sure. Yeah, I definitely, when we were talking about this before, and I was kind of like reading, you know, some of the stuff you had written down, I was like, what's your why? And I'm like, oh, yeah, why racing? Yeah, (laughs) I'm sure they love this little plug. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, race your local tries, folks. Yeah. Um, Um, And come to Portland and race ours. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Come support our local folks. Um, what are some of your whys? Yeah, so, you know, and the reason this part, like, I really wanted to talk about this is because training, training for triathlon, in any case, like, even if you're not a parent, you really are, especially once you get into the longer distances, it's but even still... Commitment. Yeah, it's a time commitment, which means sacrifice, right? It yeah, means absolutely. times that you're not spending with your friends. And then once you have kids, I mean, it, you know, it's times that you're not with your kid and or or you are, but you're making them go for a run or whatever. <laughs> um, and, 
you know, I mean, we do our best to balance it all and balance it in a reasonable way. But definitely, like, the other week I was swimming and just thinking about it. And I was like, why Why do I do this? Why is this so important to me? And I think it's important to keep that, like, really top of mind when when it is so hard to fit in. Yeah. Um, and... And, you know, of course, like, I mean, we'll get into, I don't know, there's there's a whole list of things and we can get into some of the, like, sappier ones. But honestly, like, when I was thinking about it during that swim, I, for me, a huge driving factor and a thing that is super motivating um, is competition. Like, I just, I love to compete. I love to compete in everyday things. Um... I feel like my kids are going to be competitive because I'm already like, I don't know, like competing with them. <laughs> right. Uh, That's the in, only way. <laughs> are you a knit competitive? Like if you're playing board games? Yes. Okay. I'm obviously more competitive, but yeah. you know, he, yeah, he, yeah, he definitely gets into it. I mean, we do the Wordle every day, right? And every yeah, day it's like, true. how many did you get it in? Oh, funny. <laughs> well, I can tell you that uh, Monopoly is not a game that's allowed in our house anymore because we've had some really big fights over it. There are certain oh games, there's gosh. one game in particular that I've won, like I tend to win more than he does and he just gets like upset every time I want to play it. So, yeah. so we're definitely both very competitive. So I very much understand that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I do not like the games where Nick tends to win more than me because I am also. <laughs> I'm like you. I do tend to win a little bit more, but uh, yeah, even not like enough. puzzles. He's a little bit better at puzzles than me, and I'm like, this is supposed to be relaxing. He's over there just getting piece after piece and after piece. I'm like, you need to see on your half of the puzzle. Oh <laughs> Let me gosh. do my half, and yeah. you know, if you're finished, then you can help me. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Oh man. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, and so maybe it's less than a why, but just like in terms of if you ask me what drives me, like competition. If I am doing a workout and I'm like, I need to be pushing myself, I start thinking about my competition. Yeah, I uh, I like that. And it's interesting too. I mean, um, something you said kind of reminded me like, I obviously grew up swimming and I used to have like my times written on my mirror, like on a sticky note, like my goal times, like national cuts or whatever. And, and just goal times. And so, you know, it's what drives you is like being competitive, competitive yourself is like a big piece of that. Like, it's not necessarily always competing with the person next to you, but like, how can you like compete with what you've like your best self? Yeah. It's fun to compete and it's fun to like have that drive, you know, it is fun. Yeah, (laughs) I would agree. Yeah, another thing that comes up for me, like, this is huge, is pushing through things that I'm afraid of, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. that is, I mean, that's, like, that addictive feeling to me. Like, when I have a workout that you look at it and it's intimidating, and and then you go into it and, you know, pull out all the mental stops, everything you can to get through it, that feeling afterwards is just so gratifying and so it's just so wonderful you know just i don't know i mean i even get that right like just going to a swim workout (laughs) i I get that and no it's true i mean any kind of workout and i mean i think any athlete has faced any any you know casual athlete super competitive athlete 
there's been a time that you're like looking at the workout you're supposed to do and you're scared of it. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, I, uh, I think there's something to be said for having to work hard for like being successful at a workout. Like I've been in positions where I've been given workouts that I absolutely could not do. Like physically they were above my ability and you know, you have enough of those and you just start approaching them with this mindset of like, why am I even trying? Like, I can't do this. And I honestly, I kind of ran, ran into that a little bit with my um, coach in college. There was just some workouts mm-hmm. that he, he would do here and there. And I kind of got to the point where I was like, I, like, why am I even trying? But I remember coming home and swimming with my club coach again, who I've now known for, oh gosh, 20, 20 plus years. And we had a really hard workout and I remember getting out of it and actually telling him, thank you for allowing me to succeed today. Mm-hmm. And it was, I had to work so hard, but it was with, it was within my ability, even though I had to push for it. Yeah. But you know, and there's somebody who said for being scared of a workout, knowing you can do it. And I think that the fear is that it's going to be difficult. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe I'm talking in circles, but like, No, totally. Yeah. And I think like, um, that's, I mean, one of the important things about having a coach too, and is like trusting your coach. And I mean, a really good coach knows what you're capable of more than you do. And so if you can have that trust in like, they wouldn't be giving me these numbers if I couldn't, I mean, I don't want to say if I couldn't do them, but yeah. If they weren't in your capabilities. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, yeah, a good coach, like, you don't <laughs> want to be having numbers that are out of reach. And, um, yeah. right. So, yeah. Um, and that's a great coach. And that's like super satisfying. And that's how you get the most out of yourself. Too. It is because you know that you can work hard and hit those, even if you've never done it before, even if you're given a set, you're like, I've never had to hold, held this pace for this long before. Or I've never, you know, you know, you can do it and you work hard and you hit it. And it's just, it really is. It's so satisfying to feel that way. Like that you've just worked really hard. I mean, it, that's in a workout, that's in a race, that's in like anything. Yeah. Yeah. And The other day I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about emotions and parenting and they were talking about fear and they were talking about, you know, what do you do when your kids are afraid and, um, you know, just diving into what does this emotion mean? And they were explaining how if you have a kid who's afraid of something, let's say that they're afraid of going to the doctor, that you can say that part of the way to approach it. Um, so they told this anecdote of someone saying to to the kid, like, did you know that you can be scared and brave at the same time? And that actually like that. to be brave, you have to be scared. Like, you can't be brave without first being afraid of something. And And so, of course, it's teaching emotion acceptance and... Um, you know, accepting that fear, but also like, that's how you be brave. And that's how you overcome it. And I know when I heard that, like, this is one of the great things about parenting is like, I feel like I'm learning all these lessons too. And I'm like learning about my own emotions. And, and it's like, that is 
just a great lesson. And like, because I get to face my fears so often in workouts and training and races, like, I mean, I know that this race coming up is going to be like, I'm going to be so scared and then it's going to be great. Like, I'm just, I know it's going to be awesome. Um, And having our kids see that, you know, even if they're not always there for all those moments, like they're definitely going to be picking that up and it's teaching me those lessons. So I'm really internalizing them so that I can like pass those on to my kids. Yeah. I love that. Honestly, that it, it really is. I mean, I've always felt that like teaching, you know, obviously my kids won, I haven't been able to teach her a whole lot, but I do feel like teaching by example, by leading, by showing is the best, you know, way to do it. Especially with kids showing, you know, that it's okay to be scared. It's okay to work hard. It's okay to, you know, be brave and overcome challenges. And that's how they're going to learn to do these things is like through us. And that's just, it's a really cool feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, I mean, I'm only hardly there and I know we're both not quite there yet, but for me, like, I'm super excited just to do sports so that my kids get exposed to them. I mean, that's how I got involved in sports. Yeah. I would be at the track with my mom and she would be doing laps, like actually doing a sustained uh, run. And I would go and like sprint, you know, a 400 or a 200, uh-huh. you know, how you have no pacing as a kid. Uh-huh. Or I mean, uh, even as an adult, that's fine right. too. <laughs> yeah. And then like, okay, I'm going to play as my recovery and then go sprint another lap. Like, you know, and like, I remember that and, and it really, yeah. I mean, obviously now, you know, I love to run and do sports. And also, I know one of my mom's goals is like, I know one day she would love to do a three generation 5K. Oh, like her running so cool. me and then one of our kids. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. I grew up around sports too, but my mom was actually um, an equestrian rider. So she oh, wow. did show yeah. jumping. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up on horses. And, um, but only like when I was a lot younger, but then she in her adult life got into, um, sailing little dinghy boats. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so then we did that. And so like, we were always really active. Like we weren't really into any specific sport. Mm -hmm. Um, and my brother and sister, like, you know, did kindergarten soccer and then they were both rowers and, um, I got into swimming and so I was the only one in my family that did that. And so, you know, it's kind of interesting just you know, but everything we did, it wasn't necessarily like you're saying, it wasn't necessarily like a specific sport. You've talked a lot about how, you know, you used to do triathlons with your mom and running with your mom and like all that's so awesome. And like, I just think exposing kids to being active, like, yeah, if you as a parent lead an active lifestyle, they're going to yeah. see that. And that yeah. is, you know, I think that's so important. And, you know, same thing for us too. Like, I'm, you know, Beth's not going to remember this, but like I'm doing workouts in the living with in the living room with her a couple times a week and, you know, eventually she will be old enough to see it. And if she says, "Mommy, why are you always doing this?" It's like, "Well, because I like moving my body and I like being physically active because then, you know, I can go play harder with you." Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it's so sweet. I mean, I remember like, you know, Ollie now he's like 
you know, yeah, let's work out or let's do yoga. And he goes and does downward yeah. dog and stuff. Oh. And like, <laughs> it's so funny when, you know, they're first starting to do downward dog and like their arms are, you know, at their head. <laughs> their arms can hardly like, make it around there. <laughs> Ollie did have a yeah. little T-Rex arms. <laughs> yeah. So cute. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, even also like beyond, um, yeah just that it's great to be active and all of that like for me sports are just a huge confidence boost and and that's another reason that i think you know hopefully the our kids can find ways that they can engage in sport that they like and find things that they like to do um try hard try to not push triathlon too hard uh but of course you know well i I think pushing any sport like i remember i grew up with um there was a family that i swam with when Mm -hmm. i was in high school and it was three kids and they all hated swimming they all hated it actually it was four kids and they were all in swimming they were all in swimming and it was made very clear to all of us that they were only there because their parents made them do it and you know i would love for beth to be a swimmer I absolutely mm-hmm. would just because that's, you know, what I've done. It's what I love. That's what I know. Um, and she will definitely swim when she's younger, mainly for like a water safety standpoint. If mm-hmm. she falls in love with swimming, you know, if she's good at it, if she likes it, if she wants to do it, I'm going to encourage it. But if she's like, I hate this, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. can't, you know, I'm not going to force her to do it. I, I no. want her safe in the water. And that is my number one priority. Um, but other than that, you know, I'm, gonna want her to be in some kind of high school sport club sport like whatever it is just to just keep moving just like make it your lifestyle and I don't know I think that in itself like if you're raised with that mentality and if you grow up doing these things then eventually you will become an adult that's motivated to you know stay active and be fit whatever that looks like yeah so Allie what are I know we've talked about a lot of them, you know, throughout the course of this conversation, because a lot of our whys are similar. But what when you think about that question, like what is your big driving why? Um, Obviously, yeah, we have talked about some, you know, pretty similar things, both very competitive. But for me, I think, you know, kind of just finding that balance in life of, you know, mental health physical health, you know, just across the board and fitness and athletics have just been a part of my life for so long that I don't know, like, I don't know how to live my life without them. And so I have to figure out how to fit it in. And, you know, whether that's a big race, a small race, a personal goal, whatever it is, it's just to me, I have to figure out how to have like an active lifestyle And, you know, at times it's almost like figuring out, am I giving something up to do this? Or, you know, I mean, we are, I mean, you kind of talked about before, it's like adding anything else in, you have to give something else up and, you know, adding in a high level of like a training schedule, maybe you're giving up some of your social life. But on the flip side of that, then you're finding this social life of the yeah. people who are doing the same things you got as you are. Yeah, I know. And that that is like a sweet spot when you're able to balance in like <laughs> the social and the, you know, training part of it or but really just like merge and that and same with family, right? When you're able to yeah. like integrate your family into the training um 
I mean, it definitely helps with that balance. But yeah, I mean, as you talk about it, I think that is so important. Like, it's this is a part of your identity that you've had since you were younger. Like, I don't think of it the same way exactly. Like, for me, I almost didn't have a I am an athlete identity so integrated into who I am until later in life. Oh, interesting. Um, which, yeah, we could get into, but, and, and, but I think what's important is that when we become parents, like, and we have already touched on this because this is something I do think about a lot, but it is really key to not lose your identity outside of being a mom. Yeah, I, I would agree with that for sure. It's, it is hard. Um, and I think I remember you saying that, you know, when you first got pregnant, you're like pregnant identity, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and throw yourself into that. You know, you can only throw yourself into something so much without losing who you were in the first yeah. place. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. And I definitely have gone through phases in my life where I'm not as active, you know, I don't know how many years ago started a new job and I was actually in the alcohol industry. And so there weren't a lot of people that I was involved with that were super active. And, you know, that was really fun. That was, it was a really fun couple of years, but then, you know, after I kind of like settled into that job, it was just like, okay, like I, I want to get back into doing what I know and what I love and what is going to be, it's a lifestyle for me. And it doesn't have to be 20 hours a week. It can be, you know, an hour a day, 30 minutes a day, just something consistent to just keep myself feeling good physically and mentally. And yeah, I mean, to your point too, leading by example, keeping your kids active and helping them develop these habits in this lifestyle. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I totally relate to that. And I think it's super important. Cool. Well, should we go into our closing segment? Yeah. So yeah, our closing segment is we've done the last couple of weeks is our Go Mamas of the Week. Go mama, go mama, go mama. These can be any small triumph or thing that's making us happy. Amy, what is yours for the week? Okay, so I was thinking about this and my Go Mama is that we finally did one of the things that has been getting delayed and delayed this spring, but it's our annual flower picture. So, you know, I mean, one of the things like I just love about Portland is just, you know, the, I mean, all the flowers that like the spring, right? I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. You have the different seasons of flowers that come into bloom. And, you know, you've got the cherry blossoms that come in April, like all along the waterfront, like just stunning. Gorgeous. Yeah. So when we first had Ollie and we'd moved down to Selwood, um, there was this tree that was in bloom at Selwood Park and it was just like, we have to go and get a picture by it. And, but, it, you know, it's always sort of this like rush against time because once the, you know, once it's past its peak, like it's too late. And, and so that first year we went you know, and it might have even been Mother's Day or something, but we went at some point and, and got these photos and, you know, did a whole photo shoot with our little nine month old and it was so sweet. And so then the next year we went and we did photos by the cherry blossoms and I was pregnant and, you know, had Ollie there oh. and we biked out and that was really fun too. And so this year it's like, okay, like we got to make sure we get our, our annual photo. Um, 
We miss the cherry blossoms. We miss that other tree in the park. But the rhododendrons come in a little bit later. And yeah. so, you know, always on my runs, I'm like scoping out where are we going to do our photo? And there was this oh. one really pretty rhododendron bush, like, you know, half a mile from our house. And but it's it's hard, too, because, like, if you're going to go take photos, you know, you want to look good. You want the kids to look good. Like, it's a whole big thing, right? Especially if you're doing a workout, like... Um, so it's not always the right time, but finally we like prioritized it and we went over there and we got the photos and Ali also, he's not always like super agreeable to having his photo taken at this age, right? Like one, if you yeah. ask him to smile, he'll do like, you know, full body, like maybe not the most, uh, you know, nice smile because oh. he goes over the top. Um, but then he'll also sort of a flip will switch and he's just like no i don't want to be in photos anymore and he'll turn away and like is over it and so we were taking the photos and we definitely got some good ones but then he was sort of getting over it and like walking away and i'm going after him and then i said to him i was like ollie did you know that this is like our this is our annual photo that we do and it's like a really special thing do you want to see one of the photos from when you were Margot's age because i knew that it was like in my memories on my phone you know probably because it was like two years ago from that day and so i i went and like found it right away and i was like look at this photo you know and you were a little baby and then he went and he just took the best photo (laughs) he was like boom turned it on held it we took like four different ones and they were all really good and yeah so we got our annual flower photo so very cool i didn't know you guys did that that's really cool yeah i like that you were able to switch it up and not just do it like the same flowers every time like yeah that's, that's yeah i like that a lot yeah i know it is nice yeah so uh we'll we'll see what we do next year but yeah it's a fun little tradition what was your go mama for the week? Well, obviously, like I said, I got to do some running again this week. Um, but my big win was honestly that first day that I went out running. Um, it was the sun was shining, which has been few and far between. Um, anybody that's in the Northwest knows that it has not stopped raining. Yeah. Like we're Bad. into mid-May. Yeah. And it, like I don't, I don't remember a wetter spring um yeah i really don't i mean not to mention the latest snow of the year the latest snow of history we had like (laughs) six inches of snow at my house on what april 3rd or something so stupid Um, (laughs) so yeah so we've just had a really really wet spring and it was wednesday and i got the go ahead to go um i'd had pt that morning and they were like, go ahead and do a run. I'm like, all right, cool. And so I get home, pack Beth up, and I'd been told about this playground that wasn't too far from us. It was like 15, 20 minutes away. And um, I get all my stuff. And I'm like, all right, we've had a handful of, you know, rough runs in the stroller. Like, obviously, you, you have too. Like, we've talked about this before. This is nothing new that, that sometimes stroller runs cannot end well. And so I'm trying to figure out how to, like, make runs for her like happy and positive and fun Mm -hmm. and so I decided I'm going to start at this playground that had like a Mm -hmm. really good structure for little kids and um we ran from there I parked the playground did our run and ended up actually finding like a really cool garden center Mm -hmm. that like I'm going to take Nick back to soon and um there's just a bunch of paths around you know maybe not the best for running with a stroller because if the obviously the curbs are bumpy like or the sidewalks are bumpy sometimes that Mm -hmm. can be 
you know, but either way, we got a great run in, we got back and like it was just so nice out and oh, Beth had a great yeah. time at the playground and we're still kind of adapting to our new one nap a day schedule, which has been like, I've gotten to the point where I have to keep her awake. Like if she oh, takes a nap yeah. early in the morning, her old nap time was like nine 30 or 10. Uh-huh. And if she takes a nap in the morning, then it doesn't matter if her nap's only 45 minutes, she won't take a second one. Oh, and so yeah. we've had to like fight through that morning a little bit to get her into like later in the day. And so I put her in the car and I like stopped and picked up um, like a little bunt cake. There's like a cool little bunt cake place near there. Oh, yeah. And it was like a little bit out of the way. And I'm like, awesome. I got my run in. We had a great time at the playground. I got a bunt cake and I'm on my way home and she's getting the droopy eyes. And I'm like, do not. You cannot fall asleep right now. We're like 10 minutes from home and I'm pulling out all the stops. And then we hit like construction traffic and I was just like oh no like game over (laughs) and she like her eyes close and I was like no and I felt awful I opened up the windows so I got a little breeze going on her and she was not happy but (laughs) she she got over it and we made it home (laughs) and got her like her lunch and she went down like an hour later So, like, the whole day, like, she only probably dozed off for, like, maybe two, three minutes in the car. So, it wasn't, like, we we got her back awake. Yeah. But it's just that moment, like, as a parent where you're, like, oh, my gosh, if she falls asleep right now, the rest of the day is, like, it's done. Yeah. And I want her to take a long nap. And at that point, I'm, like, I'm not driving around for two hours. Right. Right, If it's a 45-minute nap, I'm fine with that. If I'm going somewhere, you know, I'm fine with that. I'm not going to just drive around for two hours. So she'll nap right now. So got her home, got her down. And honestly, like the whole day was just a huge win, which I really needed just like all around. And so that's my go mama for the week was just, you know, kind of everything really fell together and that we had a couple other runs. Um, Another one that we did the playground thing with again, too. So yeah, kind of getting back into this new routine. Yay. So fun. So satisfying. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show for this week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We are so excited to continue to share our experiences each week with you. And if you have any topics you want us to cover or any questions for us, email us at momsoftriathlon at gmail.com. See you next week. Bye.